Making sure a business thrives is challenging, but sometimes the solution can lie right in the numbers. Uh, specifically, 37,000, 25, and 1. Now, these aren't just figures. They're a gateway to more visibility and decisive control in your business. Let's start with 37,000. That's the amount of businesses who've embraced NetSuite by Oracle, the ultimate cloud financial system revolutionizing accounting, financial management, HR, and beyond. And 25? That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do everything from accelerating financial closures to slashing operational costs. And every business is unique, making yours the one that matters. NetSuite offers tailored solutions to amplify your key performance indicators, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Ready to optimize? Download NetSuite's coveted KPI checklist, engineered to elevate your performance consistently, absolutely free. Visit netsuite.com slash cbs now. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Tuesday, January 12, 2021. I'm Gail King with Anthony Mason. That is Tony DeCopel. We're going to begin with this. As you know, we're learning about multiple new threats following the assault on the Capitol. This violent attack on Wednesday drew radicalized supporters of President Trump from all over the country. And now... The FBI is warning about what it calls armed protest plan for all 50 states before President-elect Biden's inauguration. We are also learning that two Capitol Police officers have been suspended for their actions during last week's assault. Jeff Pegues starts us off on Capitol Hill. Jeff, good morning. Anthony, the glaring failures that day caught on camera for the world to see. You talk about the two officers suspended for their actions. One was seen on camera taking selfies with a rioter. The other one uh, in a MAGA hat leading the mob through the halls. And there were at least 10 active ongoing investigations into Capitol Police actions as the outgoing chief says that his pleas for help from the National Guard were denied. We didn't expect the mob, the riotous, violent mob we got on that day. Outgoing Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, who resigned last week, told CBS News that during the attack on the Capitol, he repeatedly asked the Pentagon to send National Guard troops. I needed boots on the ground, immediate assistance right then and there, helping to form police lines to help secure up the foundation of the United States Capitol building. They were more concerned with the optics. The Pentagon says it did not deny Sun's request. Still, the National Guard was not deployed for hours, leaving Capitol Police battling the angry mob. You can see in this video a fire extinguisher being hurled at officers. Rank and file members were really set up for failure. I mean, there were heroes there that day that did a hell of a job, uh, and their superiors put them in a very, very difficult position. Congressman Tim Ryan chairs the House Committee that oversees Capitol Police funding. He wants to make sure the force is buttoned up ahead of the inauguration and the bad actions of a few officers who may have facilitated the riot are examined. A lot of us as members of Congress certainly expected uh, more to be done than opening the gates, Police and that needs to be looked into and investigated. Oh, there we go. CBS News has also learned there is investigative activity in more than 30 states across the country related to the Capitol attack and inauguration, and the FBI has now received more than 45,000 digital media tips. Let's go. 10,000 National Guard troops are already in Washington or on their way to support inauguration security. The Washington Monument is closed, and the Park Service says it may shut down other public areas in D.C. in the coming days. 
President Trump approved D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser's request for an emergency declaration. She's urging people to stay home. If I'm scared of anything, it's for our democracy. Despite rioters swarming the inauguration platform during the attack last week, the president-elect says he's still planning to take the oath of office on the west front of the Capitol. I'm not afraid of taking the oath, actually. And yet, there have been a number of threats against lawmakers here in Washington, including one against the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. We have learned from our sources that on January 7th, an individual was pulled over here in Washington, a white pickup truck. He was pulling a van, or a trailer rather, filled with guns and ammunition. Investigators say that the individual talked about shooting the House Speaker. They deem that he was mentally unstable. But just to a look at the nature of some of the threats that lawmakers are facing here in Washington. Tony, back to you. Just one troubling detail after another. Jeff, thank you very much. Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf has resigned as the country is on high alert ahead of the inauguration. His announcement did not mention Wednesday's riot, but Wolf is the third cabinet member to resign following Wednesday's siege. We're joined now by CBS News senior national security analyst Fran Townsend. She served as Homeland Security Advisor to President George W. Bush. Fran, good morning to you. Let's start with Chad Wolf. At least on paper, he is the gentleman in charge of security for the inauguration, and his explanation for resigning is short on details. What do you think is going on here? Look, I, I think the, and it, the resignation of the Homeland Security Secretary nine days before a national security special event that he is himself is responsible for is both disgraceful and irresponsible. The U.S. Secret Service is the agency who's in charge of the security for the inauguration, but they work for the Secretary of Homeland Security. Look, he didn't, other cabinet secretaries said they left because of what happened last week at the Capitol. Chad Wolf cites a litigation here in New York that's been going on for some time. I think that's a, it's a cover for somebody who's a coward. I think he just doesn't want to be responsible for inauguration security after the debacle last week. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a setup for success. I want to talk about the two Capitol Hill police officers who were suspended for roles in the riot. There are 10 other investigations, we are told. As you prepare security for inauguration, how do you acknowledge and deal with the fact that there could be, among the many heroic and courageous members of that security team, some people who are sympathetic to the pro-Trump mob that assaulted the Capitol? Tony, it's very disturbing, but we have to give the Capitol Hill police this much credit, right? They're looking to root out those people, and they're not the only ones you're going to rely on for security at the inauguration. You've got the U.S. Secret Service, you're going to have 10,000 National Guard troops, and you have an ongoing FBI investigation with lots of information and lots of leads. And so I think that the Capitol Hill police are trying to do the best they can under very difficult circumstances, and I give them credit for policing their own. Joe Biden says he wants to appear outside, deliver his speech at the inauguration outside, says he's not afraid. As a security expert, are you concerned for him? Well, I, I am, I'm always concerned at every inauguration, especially when the new president walks down Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, but I think that this will be the most secure, um, and you'll have a greater security presence than ever before. They've already closed two of the national monuments. I suspect they will restrict access to the National Mall uh, at, on Inauguration Day. And so 
I think there, people are now trying and very focused to be sure this is the safest, most secure inauguration we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I, I can't stop thinking about Nancy Pelosi's observation on 60 Minutes that there was an element of that group that sieged the Capitol that were very coordinated, it seemed well planned. If that's true, could that group shift and hit a soft target at another state capitol where there is not this monster security apparatus set up? Absolutely, Tony. And that's why when you think about the FBI's investigation, there's a treasure trove of evidence in addition to the videos we've all seen. Remember, there were two locations near the RNC and DNC that had pipe bombs. You know, unexploded uh, explosives are a treasure trove of information. There's fingerprints, there's DNA, there's signatures in terms of how these are put together, the component pieces. And so if this is an organized, if this was a really organized mob that was giving direction, the FBI has got a lot of information that they can follow to try and understand that and prevent it again from it happening again. All right, Fran Townsend, who will not be writing a letter of recommendation for Chad Wolf's next position, it sounds like. <laughs> Fran, thank you very much. No, that was clear. <laughs> President Trump spoke with Vice President Pence for the first time since the attack. The two met yesterday at the White House, just days after the president's supporters called for Mr. Pence's murder. And as the vice president faces calls to use the 25th Amendment to force President Trump from office. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has given the vice president until tomorrow to make his decision while she moves ahead with possible impeachment plans against the president. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill. So what happens next, Nancy? Well, what's next, Anthony, is that the House votes tonight to urge the vice president to invoke the 25th Amendment. That is the first step in a process, but it is unlikely to yield results because White House sources tell CBS News that the vice president is not going to do anything to force Mr. Trump out. The House will be in order. House Democrats will try to up the pressure on the vice president today, passing a resolution calling on him and the cabinet to declare President Donald J. Trump incapable of executing the duties of his office and to immediately exercise powers as acting president. The vote to impeach will likely come tomorrow, and the leaders of that push are already getting explicit threats. You're out of your mind. You haven't seen anything yet. The impeachment resolution argues President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States last week. We fight like hell. California's Ted Lieu is one of the, the resolution's authors. He incited a mob that attacked the Capitol, resulting in numerous deaths. We can't just pretend this did not happen. In a letter to House Republicans, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy argued against impeachment in favor of something less severe, such as censure. But some of his GOP colleagues will likely vote to impeach. Michigan Republican Peter Meyer. It is obvious that the president is no longer qualified to hold that office. If impeachment passes in the House tomorrow, that means the Senate could be gearing up for a trial just as President-elect Biden prepares to take office. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin argues the votes aren't there to convict. I think this is so ill-advised for Joe Biden to be coming in trying to heal the country, trying to be the president of all the people when we're going to be so divided and fighting again. Mr. Biden has been discussing the timing with Democratic leaders. Can you go half day on dealing with the impeachment and half day getting my people nominated and confirmed in the Senate?
Senate Democrats would need at least 17 Republicans to join with them to convict, but so far only one Republican senator has said he'll consider impeachment, while two GOP senators have called on the president to resign. Today, Mr. Trump will be traveling to Alamo, Texas, to tout the completion of part of his signature border wall. It's the first time we'll see him in public since the White House released a video of him last Thursday. Gail? It'll be interesting to see if he has anything to say. Thank you very much, Nancy. At least two Democratic members of Congress have now tested positive for COVID after Wednesday's siege. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal and Bonnie Watson Coleman suspect that they caught the virus in lockdown with Republican colleagues, although we have to say that is not confirmed. This video shows some GOP members actually refusing masks when offered during the attack. It's not known if they were in the room with those infected Congresswomen. Jayapal, who's seen here, hiding from the pro-Trump mob, is calling the lockdown a super spreader event. On Twitter, she slammed other colleagues who, quote, not only cruelly refused to wear a mask, but recklessly mocked colleagues and staff who offered them one. She's calling for every single member who refused to wear a mask in the Capitol to be fined and removed from the floor by the sergeant-at-arms. With coronavirus infection rates exploding across the U.S., experts are pushing state and local leaders to vaccinate more people faster. The CDC says nearly 9 million Americans have received their first vaccine doses. But that's only about one-third of the more than 25 million doses distributed. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is in Los Angeles. David, what are officials doing to speed things up? Well, they're standing up more vaccination sites, Anthony, and they should because this country is running way behind. But take, for example, what's going to happen later this week. Disneyland down in Orange County is going to stand up a vaccination site there. They've already got the tents where they expect to vaccinate thousands. Dodger Stadium is going to go from being a testing site to a vaccination site. They're hoping to do 12,000 people a day at the Major League Baseball Stadium, and that's going to open on Friday. On top of that, here in L.A. County, we're told they're trying to use pharmacies and libraries and parks and supermarkets to also vaccinate people. Here's what else is happening elsewhere around the country to get more people vaccinated. From San Diego to Miami, San Antonio to Phoenix, there are mass vaccination sites coming online in cities around the country. Arizona officials say nearly 44,000 people have made appointments at their new 24-hour site at State Farm Stadium, nearly 29,000 for this week alone. In New York City, there are five 24-hour mass vaccination sites that are now up and running. I didn't think we were going to get it this soon, and so I'm just really grateful to feel like I'm getting my life back. To Los Angeles County now, where supply is also an issue. They were promised 1.8 million doses of vaccine, but they only got 271,000, according to County Supervisor Hilda Solis. Uh, we're barely getting our fair share now. And we need to really ramp that up. Well, President-elect Joe Biden, who got his second dose of the vaccine yesterday, has doubled down on his pledge to vaccinate 50 million people in his first 100 days of office. And now he says he'll release all available doses. Three to 4,000 people a day dying is just beyond the pale. But unless officials loosen and simplify eligibility requirements soon, the process will likely take far too long, warns Dr. Peter Hotez of Baylor University. 
every time we've added any level of complexity, it's uh, either slowed us down or shut us down entirely. And I think that's probably going to be true of the, some of the CDC recommendations. We can't make excuses anymore. We can't come up small again. We've squandered every opportunity to contain COVID-19. Talk about straight talk from Dr. Hotez. Listen, here in Los Angeles County, things are so bad in terms of viral spread in the community that yesterday county officials said if you leave home for any reason to go get groceries for any errand that you may run, when you come back home, you should wear a mask in your home to protect your family from you because that's how dire the situation is here in L.A. County. Wow, David, thank you very much. We were wondering why he was wearing a mask indoors. Yes, There's we an were. answer for you. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast. I'm here with my producer, Becca. Becca, what can people expect on the podcast? The extended moments, for sure. Where can people get that? On The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert, wherever you get your podcasts. I use the internet. 